2: this Memorial Day, we remember the brave men and women who died fighting for their country. But behind every battle, from Antietam to Iraq, there was music. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Kotz. We've got songs
3: from the front lines. And later, Coldplay tells us ghost stories. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later on in the show, we're going to review this new Coldplay album, Ghost Stories. And Jim, I remember when I first heard this band, uh, my wife and I were in Italy about 14, 15 years ago. Coldplay, nobody knew who they were, but uh, I kept hearing this band's song on Italian television. They would be, you know, whatever cafe you'd go into, there'd be a little TV in the corner, and this song was everywhere, it seemed like. Look at the stars, look how they shine And by the end of that trip, this song was stuck in my head. It was yellow, and when it came back to the States a few months later, lo and behold,
2: the record came out, Coldplay became a huge hit. But uh, I remember when it started back in Europe. Well, our enthusiasm has waned over the last couple of albums, but we'll give our opinions on the newest later in the show. First, Greg, though, we have some music news.
3: That is Love Never Felt So Good from Michael Jackson. Yes, Michael Jackson lives, at least on the airwaves. Uh, That's a uh, chart hit. You may have heard it on a television commercial. Jackson, even though he died in 2009, seems to be
2: everywhere. He has his second posthumous solo record out, Escape, with an X. Yeah. Well, you know, Billboard Music Awards gave him a huge boost by having a hologram form the other night. You know, and songs like what an odd song that is. It's a Paul Anka written a ditty that previously was covered by Johnny Mathis. It's eight songs that have previously been unreleased that were uh, tarted up by super producers like Timbaland but then it also has the original demo versions and some of this stuff uh, you can kind of hear glimpses of Jackson's old genius but some of it you're just wondering why did they include this this song
3: well it's interesting that they included the demos cuz those demos clearly were not ready to be released Not finished tracks by any means. And I think there's a reason that Jackson left those behind. He had no intention of going back because he realized they were at least slightly, if not greatly, inferior to the stuff that he was working on at the time. And we're going back to the thriller era for some of this stuff. I do think that the production does a pretty decent job of contemporizing these tracks, as they say in the liner notes. I think uh, Timbaland and Stargate and uh, people like John McClain and Rodney Jerkins do a pretty good job with the tracks. Jackson's voice sounds strong, but I don't think the songs are anything that Jackson would have advertised as saying, this is my best work. No,
2: you you know, you have this tune, Uh, A Place With No Name, in which he rewrites America's A Horse With No Name. And a very disturbing track called Do You Know Where Your Children Are, which you wonder why they released this in, in light of all the controversy that surrounded the last decade of his life.
4: Do you know where your children are? Because it's not 12 o'clock. If there's something right on the street, just imagine how scared they are. Do you know where your children are? Because it's not 12 o'clock. If right there's
3: As much as I think this isn't quite the hatchet job that some posthumous releases have been over the past few decades, this is a mediocre record, and I don't think any Jackson fan five years from now is going to go reach back and say, we got to
2: play Escape. so I'm going to have to give it a trash it. Yeah, it is a trash it. It's, it's even worse than Invincible or History, and that's really saying something. How
5: did that girl even get in here? Do you see her? She's so short and that's not- so tacky. Who wears cheetah? It's not even summer. Why did you just keep on playing summer?
2: Now, Greg, there's another unforgettable chart hit. That's the Chainsmokers with Selfie. I know you've had that on heavy rotation. That's from the, uh, now that's what I call music, compilation album number 50. It's like the old KTEL best of uh, top 40 radio uh, compilations. It's been going on now for decades. We're up to number 50 in the U.S., and it just accomplished something remarkable on the Billboard 200 album chart. It unseated Idina Menzel and the Frozen soundtrack, which uh, is a phenomenon we've talked about several times. Thirteen weeks Frozen had been at number one, and now that's what I call music number 50 knocks it out of the top slot, which is kind of remarkable. I mean, you know, tweens are still the biggest force in purchasing music, and it's kind of inexplicable that they want this company to put together playlists or, or greatest hits packages instead of doing their own playlists in this era of streaming but uh, it's moving units, as they say.
6: Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest These are men, America's best One hundred men will test today But only three
2: when the Green beret. Greg, there's a classic from 1966 that you and I recall, but nobody on our staff did. Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler with The Ballot of the Green Brace. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we wanted to remember some of the soldiers, men and women, who have fought for this country. It's a solemn holiday, but, you know, wherever the front line is, people are also playing music. It gets them through. You know, Napoleon personally hated music, but he always paid for the very best musicians in France to march with his armies because music was such a powerful, motivational factor. When it wasn't getting people stirred up to fight, it was often their release, their catharsis. We thought it would be good to explore some songs that resonate with people. We're going to hear from some of our listeners later, uh, servicemen and women and their family members. But you are up first with your first pick.
3: Yes, Jim. And I want to go back to a song that was probably the first anti-war song that I heard that really resonated with me. It's an angry song. Uh, It was written by John Fogerty and recorded by his band, Creedence Clearwater Revival, in 1969. I saw Fogerty perform this song at Farm Aid in the 90s, and it still had that power. And and the whole theme behind the song is, you know, it, it isn't so much addressed at a specific war so much at this notion that it's rich guys who start these wars, and it's, it's the regular guy, the poor guys, who are over there fighting them. It's, of course, Fortunate Son from 1969 by Creedence Clearwater Revival. You know, when I interviewed Fogarty about a decade ago, he said the song was addressing the fact that countries make war because privileged people at the top of society decide to declare it, but they don't fight it. It's always the people way down the ladder who do the fighting. And Fogarty felt like one of those people. He was on the line to go over to Vietnam. He never he never got drafted, but he knew many people who were and related to their stories of the horror of fighting in Vietnam. He says, you know, there's, they always glamorize the war over here. But when you go over there, war is about dying in a dirty ditch. That's, that's really all the glamour there is to it, which isn't much at all. So this is a powerful song. It resonated in that Vietnam War era. The music of that era helped turn the tide against the war, and this was definitely one of the songs that did that. It's Creedence Clearwater Revival with Fortunate Son on Sound Opinions from 1969. That's Creedence Clearwater Revival with Fortunate Son from
2: 1969. Jim, what's your first song from the front lines? Greg, I'm going to go with another tune I remember from uh, being a young kid. "Billy, Don't Be a Hero," a smash hit in 1974. I was always fascinated by the the story song aspect of this tune. An army is marching through town, and young Billy gets all excited and decides to enlist. And his girlfriend is telling him, "Billy, don't be a hero. Don't be a fool with your life. Keep your head down." Right? And he doesn't listen, and he gets shot. And she gets a letter from the War Department calling him a hero, and she throws it away. I think many people, uh, certainly I did, uh, m- my my early realization of what Vietnam was, consider this an anti-Vietnam song, which is remarkable. 74, we're, we're eight years on from uh, Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler in 66, the war has changed for Americans. In fact, it's about the Civil War. Mm-hmm. It, the soldiers are wearing Union blue, and they're they're marching through town to fight the Confederates, which just goes to underscore you know the timeless aspect of war, I think that many, a loved one has said, keep your head down. Don't be foolish to someone going off to fight from the Middle Ages to the present day. The other remarkable thing about this single is it was a number one hit in the UK by the band uh, Paper Lace. You know, remember then? Mm-hmm. They also did The Night Chicago right. Died yep. about the, uh, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. But in the US, it was number one by a Cincinnati band called Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. I think, I think the Cheesy Flute makes their version better. This group from Cincinnati, Much of Nobody's, that were discovered when they were touring with the Osmonds. Mm-hmm. What a strange <laughs> history mm-hmm. from the KTEL pop charts. Here's Billy Don't Be a Hero on Sound opinions.
7: died that day the letter said that he was a hero she should be proud he died that way i heard she threw the letter away
2: That was Billy Don't Be a Hero, 1974 hit for Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods on Sound Opinions. Coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, more music from the front lines. And then Greg and I remain consciously coupled and review the latest from Coldplay.
4: (sighs) Come here. Ah! Oh! Oh!
2: back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim D'Argatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and we are celebrating Memorial Day with music from the front lines. Greg, you're up. Thanks, Jim. I played
3: a song by John Fogarty, a fortunate son, that came as the tide was turning in the Vietnam War in the late 60s. And this song that I'm going to play next is from Bill Withers from 1973, just as the Vietnam War was ending. And the carnage was uh, becoming even more apparent because all of these veterans were coming home in various states of distress, mental or physical. In this case, uh, it was the song that I'm going to play, I Can't Write Left-Handed, was uh, written by Withers in response to having met a veteran whose uh, right arm was blown off in the war. You know, Withers himself was somewhat of a late bloomer in music because he didn't get started until well into his late 20s, early 30s, because he had served nine years in the Navy, beginning as a teenager. So he was very well versed in in what a lot of guys go through overseas. And he was so moved by this veteran's story that he uh, wrote this particular letter, basically beginning with the line saying, could somebody take a letter for me because I can no longer write with my left hand, I can't write left-handed, and tell the family lawyer to try to get my brother a deferment so that he doesn't have to go over to Vietnam. And it's a powerful song, and his performance at the concert in uh, Carnegie Hall in 1973, one of the best live albums ever made as far as I'm concerned, you can hear the audience responding to what he's saying in this song and this song resonating with them. It's I Can't Write Left Handed from Bill Withers on Sound Opinions.
8: I can't write left handed. Would you please write a letter? Write a letter to my mother. Tell her to tell, tell her to tell Tell her to tell a family lawyer Try to get, try to get a deferment For my younger brother Tell the Reverend Harris Separate from me, Lord, no, no. I ain't gonna live. I don't believe I'm gonna live to get much older. Strange little man over here in Vietnam, my I ain't never seen, bless his heart, I ain't never done nothing to. He done shot me in my shoulder. You know, talked about fightin', fightin every day.
2: I Can't Write Left-Handed by the great Bill Withers on Sound Opinions. Good pick, Greg. I'm going to go to another song in the Fortunate Son mold for my next pick. It's from Eminem. This was a surprise digital release in 2004, about a week before the presidential election. It's a song called Mosh. We were in the midst of the war with Iraq, the second war with Iraq. And, you know, just as Fogarty was speaking... ...for the great middle to lower middle classes of America who would go out and be cannon fodder in Vietnam. I think uh, Marshall Mathers really effectively and emotionally spoke for the same people who were going to go fight this war in Iraq for very unclear reasons. You know, he mentions the WMD, which turned out never to be there, right? Mm -hmm. The weapons of mass destruction. And he's urging people in a way that he never has anywhere else in his career to uh, vote George Bush out of office. Now, you know, the military's responsibility is not to question the commander in chief, but the civilians at home I think have to to make sure that lives are not being thrown away. And wow, you know, this this song in particular always has blown my mind because it says what an incredible artist Eminem could be. Everybody always talks about his flow and his rhyming skills, right? But he's forever fantasizing violence against women and homophobia and these cheap kind of frat party worthy jokes and he here he is talking uh, about something of substance and really having insight into it in a very meaningful way. I am sure that in Iraq and Afghanistan, many young men who were fighting took uh, solace and inspiration from the fact that somebody was giving them voice in their language, somebody who looked just like them, who would have been exactly where they were if he hadn't had a different set of cards dealt him. Here is Mosh by Eminem on Sound Opinions. On the
0: side and the middle, come together, let's all fall. and song, just a little, just let it gradually build. From the front to the back, all you can see is the sea of people. Some white and some black, no matter what color or... Matters. We gathered together to celebrate for the same cause. No matter the weather, if it rains, let it rain. Get yeah, the wetter, the better. They ain't gon' stop us. They can't. We're stronger now, more than ever. They tell us no, we say yeah. They tell us stop, we say go. Rebel with a rebel yell. Raise how we gonna let them know. Storm, push up, mush until they bring our troops home come on just come along follow me as i lead through the darkness as i provide just enough spark that we need to proceed carry on give me hope give me strength come with me and i won't steer you wrong put your faith and your trust as i guide us through the fog to the light at the end of the tunnel we're gonna fight we're gonna charge we're gonna we're gonna march through the we gon' march through the moss, take us right through the doors, come Imagine on. Imagine it pouring, swinging down on us, moss pits outside the Oval Office. Someone's trying to tell us something, maybe this is God just saying we're responsible for this monster, this coward that we have empowered. This has been Laden, look at his head nodding. How could allow something like this without pumping our fists now this is our final hour our. let me be the voice in your strength and your choice let me simplify the rhyme just to amplify the noise try to amplify it times it and multiply it by 16 million people are equal with this high pitch maybe we can reach al-qaeda through my speech let the president answer high anarchy then what not let him
3: go, fight his own war, let him out daddy that way. That was Jim DeRigatis' pick, Eminem, with a song called Mosh on Sound Opinions. Uh, we also threw out this topic to our listeners, and we got a flood of responses about music on the front lines, and also back at home. And, and that's why this particular email from Emily Kelly really hit home with me. She said, Several months ago, I heard the first couple of chords from Three Doors Down, When I'm Gone, and the emotions of my husband's then fiance's first deployment to Iraq in 2003 04 hit me like a ton of bricks. Good and bad memories came pouring back in, and right there in my office at work, in front of my colleagues, I started to cry.
2: Ace Fisher Aldog wrote via Facebook, Greg, that her husband David was in the field artillery during the first Gulf War. Their unit's theme song was Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. The line, fire all of your guns at once and explode into space. He had a cassette tape crusted with desert sand signed by the band when he came home. Hmm. Mike Shilkittis of Colorado Springs connected with us via
3: Facebook to relate a story about his experience overseas in 1973. The Vietnam War was winding down. But he said there were still many long hours of boredom and service over there, punctuated by what he says were seconds of sheer terror. On one exceptionally quiet night, he writes, a command post guy played us an entire Delphonics album over a secondary radio frequency. Blue Chip, if you're out there and reading this, thanks. You got us through that night.
2: Fellow uh, New Jerseyan David Carmichael writes that he deployed to Saudi Arabia with the 2nd Brigade of the mighty 82nd Airborne Division on August 9, 1990. One of the most motivating songs we listened to while over there in that sandbox hell was Twisted Sister's Wake Up the Sleeping Giant. Here's a couple of picks from Twitter. Brady Daniels mentioned Buzzcocks and Natalie Merchant is what he listened to. Odd mix, eh, he asked. (laughs) Sarah Smiley said Change of Time by Josh Ritter was her boy's anthem while their dad was deployed. And uh, Olympia Yarger of Wilmington, North Carolina said her husband listened to Reckless Kelly, American Blood. We welcome all of your
3: comments and suggestions on this particular topic. You can talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. You can email us at interact at soundopinions.org, or you can give us a call at 888-859-1800. All right, Jim, let's go back to our lists. Roseanne Cash is uh, where I want to go to next, and she came out earlier this year with a fine album called The River, and The Thread. And on that record is a song called When the Master Calls the Roll. This entire album was inspired by a journey that she and her husband, her co-songwriter and producer, John Leventhal, took to the South. And it brought back Roseanne to her roots. Her father, famously, of course, Johnny Cash, grew up in Arkansas. She was born in Memphis. She grew up in California, essentially, and she now lives in New York. But this Southern journey opened up a whole Another aspect of her songwriting. And uh, one of the things she did inspired by that journey was to look back at uh, the Cash family genealogy and discovered that during the Civil War, there were Cash's that fought on both sides. There was fighting for both the Confederacy and the Union forces and inspired this particular song. Among the uh, people that co-wrote the song, besides her husband, John Leventhal, was her former husband, Rodney Crowell. So it was a real family affair. And people like Chris Christopherson, John Prine, Tony Joe White, and Amy Helm, Levon Helm's daughter, all sang background vocals on this particular song. It's a terrific song in that, you know, young men go off to war, they've just gotten married, you know, they're writing letters home, they're hoping to get home, but they never make it. When they finally do get home, it's from the perspective of a ghost singing to their widow. That's what this song conveys. When the master calls the role from Roseanne Cash on Sound Opinions.
1: Girl with hair of flaming red Seeking perfect lover For to lie down on her feather bed Soft secrets to uncover Must be gentle, must be strong with disposition sunny Just as faithful as the day is long And careful with his money And so the open letter read, The newsboy did deliver Three months later Call
3: That is when the master calls the roll from Roseanne Cash from
2: her recent album, The River and the Thread. Jim, what do you got next? Well, we've been playing some phenomenal music, Greg, if I say so myself, but it's all been pretty heavy. I think it's time to lighten the mood a little bit. The Gang of Four had a huge hit in 1982 with a song that was very different from the early slashing guitar-driven art punk uh, that they uh, debuted with. I'm talking, of course, about I Love a Man in a Uniform. This is the Gang of Four going dance. They got some criticism for it at the time. They got banned in the U.K. by the BBC because this was concurrent with the War in the Falklands arch-sarcastic political gang of four guys were, were talking about people who were on the dole in England with no prospects, and so they needed uh, some ambition, and they put on the camouflage. Mm. You know, I hope that no military people are offended by this. I think that there's a, a, a kind of jauntiness here that I don't think is mocking the military. It, it, it's an anti-war song in in one sense, but there also is a pride of wearing a uniform and, uh, and a sexiness, too. I, I always remember the Gang of Four performing this song live. I saw them at Danceteria in New York in the early 80s, this time period, and it would take on a different tinge from this recorded version when Sarah Lee, that incredible female bass player, would sing the chorus. But I think that this has to be on any song appreciating the military. I Love a Man in a Uniform by the Gang of Four on Sound Opinions.
3: want to share a song that reminds you of life in the military or times of war call 888 859 we're going to be back with our final memorial day picks and a new album from coldplay that's in a minute on sound opinions from wbez chicago and distributed by prx back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim Dirigatis, and we're running down some songs from the front lines about and for our military on Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to go back to the mid-80s, Jim. As a younger guy growing up in the mid-80s, that was a time fraught with tension. The Reagan years, you know, the Star Wars speech and the Cold War escalating with the Soviet Union, as well as all the, all the nastiness going down in South America. You know, it seemed like we're going to go
2: out there and fight someday. I was very close to choosing Naked Ray Managua. <laughs> hey, you pretty boys, onward to Managua.
3: People forget. There was a number of songs written about that atmosphere. And one of the most unlikely sources for one of those songs was one of my favorite bands, New Order, not a particularly political band, But I think they wrote a great song about what it means to fight in a war on their Low Life album in 1985. It's a song called Love Vigilantes. And you mentioned the Falklands War in connection with the Gang of Four song you played, Jim. And I think that had an influence on this song as well, the U.K. band. The song is told from a soldier writing a letter home from an unnamed war overseas to his wife and child. And he's coming home. You you get the sense in this letter that he's finally coming home from the war to live again with his wife and child. And he walks in the door, and what does he see? But his wife collapsed on the floor with a letter in her hand, and it's a essentially a, a eulogy written for this man. He was a great, great man. They were talking about him in the past tense. We're sorry to inform you your husband has died in the war. And it's that moment that he realizes he's a ghost. It's a really shocking kind of end to the song, and it's set up with this very plaintive melodica riff at the very start of the song, and then Bernard Sumner, who plays that melodica riff, at the end of the song plays this particularly angry guitar as sort of a coda, kind of this realization of of what has happened to him and his family in this war. It's New Order with Love Vigilantes on Sound Opinions.
2: Of vigilantes from New Order on Sound Opinions,
3: Jim, you've got one more
2: Memorial Day pick. What's it going to be? Greg, this is one we wrestled over because one of the first names that came to mind for both of us when we were talking about songs from the front lines was Lemmy, the leader of the hugely influential British metal band Motorhead. You know, Lemmy is a, a real scholar of the two world wars that so affected his native homeland of England. In particular, World War I, a buddy of mine had a conversation with Lemmy once about the song I'm going to play. It's the title track of the band's ninth studio album from 1991. 1916. So my buddy's an English teacher, and he was picking Lemmy's brain about the resemblance of this song, the lyrics to the poetry of Yeats. Lemmy is a very smart man. He collects war memorabilia. He has studied the battles of World War I. It was the real transition conflict between the old style of warfare marching out in column and the new style of warfare of bombs, of Gas of impersonal slaughter really and this song I think is incredibly moving in capturing that moment extremely unusual for mm-hmm. Motorhead now Motorhead has always had songs with military imagery you go back to like 79 with a song like Bomber right mm-hmm. and it's all about the hardware and, the, and it sounds you know their songs sound like a bomber taking off they sound like a tank running through a building this song is just Lemmy's voice and some spare spare minimal musical background, and it's almost like a tone poem. It's almost like if we had a recording of Yeats. It stands out in the entire Motorhead catalog, and I think it's a song that he was very proud of. Here is 1916 by Motorhead on Sound Opinions.
6: Sixteen years old when I went to the war to fight for
2: 1916 by Motorhead, that wraps up Sound Opinions Memorial Day special. To see Greg and my complete list as well as some of your picks, visit us at soundopinions.org. Listening to Sound Opinions, and that plaintive falsetto, of course, belongs to Chris Martin. His band is Coldplay. This is album number six, Ghost Stories, and the song is called A Sky Full of Stars. What a Coldplay type title that is, Greg. You mentioned first hearing the band about 15 years ago, that single, Yellow, and they did. They came out of nowhere with an assault of singles, Clocks, Yellow, In My Place, that instantly catapulted them up to the ranks of Radiohead and U2 in terms of being able to fill first stadiums and then arenas with this anthemic rock sound. One thing Chris Martin, the band leader, always has prided himself on is not repeating themselves on album. And so you had experiments like 2005's Exit. Why, where they did the Krautrock thing, and Viva La Vida or Death and All His Friends. In 2008, they recruited none other than Talking Heads and YouTube producer Brian Eno. And now we have this sixth album after a delay of a couple of years from 2011's Milo Xyloto. We have the same core theme of Daniel Green and Rick Simpson producing this record along with some strange guest producers Avicii and Timbaland. What has happened in this time period? Chris Martin has consciously uncovered From his wife Gwyneth Paltrow I'll never forget you and I Sharing a table with Gwyneth As she watched her husband's band perform At Metro, a small venue in Chicago She never looked at us But I thought it was just because She was so dreamily gazing at Chris Now that's over Let's play a track from this album We'll give our opinions when we come back This is called Magic by Coldplay From Ghost Stories on Sound Opinions Call it
6: magic
4: Cut me in two of all your magic I disappear from view and I can't get
3: Magic from Ghost Stories, the new Coldplay album, its sixth album. You know, Jim, the last album you expected them to continue in this arena rock fame. They just come off this $110 million tour, their most successful tour ever, off of Milo Zylido, their most successful album ever. Big, huge anthems on that record. This goes completely in the other direction. You have as many as nine producers listed uncertain tracks on this album, but it seems to be their job was to de-produce this record, (laughs) make it as minimal and sparse as possible, and that recalls my favorite Coldplay album, their debut album, Parachutes, which was very stripped down and had those beautiful melodies on it. They're aspiring to a similar kind of vibe here, except the songs aren't there. The mood is very somber, as you might suspect. The conscious uncoupling, I'm consciously uncoupling from this album too, let me tell you. It's not connected with me on the level that the debut did I see Martin as the you know I've I've called him the Hugh Grant of British rock before and he still comes across as this nice guy who seems to be all surface and no depth I don't really get the pain the anguish that he seems to be expressing in these lyrics but they don't really come across in the
2: songs that just aren't there it's a trash it record for me I don't have much to add, Greg. I, I kept falling asleep uh, even while I was driving when listening to this album, except that to say it was a crucial mistake to marginalize Johnny Buckland. Mm. He's actually a very good guitarist. Yeah, I mean, he's not Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead good, but he he was a very interesting pairing to Martin singing and sitting at that piano he brings out on stage. And I don't know where he is. He, I, I couldn't find him anywhere on this record. The melodies are missing. Buckland is missing. Anything to keep you awake is missing. It's a double trash it. Greg, what do we
3: have on the show next week? Jim, next week we have a California band with a fascinating take on
2: dance rock called Warpaint. Sound Opinions is produced by senior producers Robin Lynn and Jason Saldana. Our assistant producer is Anthony Martinez, and our intern is Jake Smith.
1: He was a mind weaver, always on the phone, telling me all sorts of things.
3: On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800.
1: I wondered if we could ever be. New messages.
9: Hey Jim and Greg, this is Brad Brooks Rubin-Kong from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Just calling to thank you for the No Depression show. the a record that, that literally changed my my grades and then my life. I was a freshman in college in St. Louis in 1991, a Philly kid who was addicted to classic rock only, maybe a little metal, and uh, refused to ever listen to any alternative or new wave or other stuff the kids in the dorm were playing. And... An exam, last paper to write my freshman year. I couldn't write it. Total writer's block. A buddy of mine again demanded I listen to No Depression. I put it on. Late, later afternoon, early evening. I kept it on all night, over and over and over again on repeat. Down here, where
7: we're at, weather changes. That's the way it goes. Sometimes it snows. And everything's wrong Sometimes it does But when it does It doesn't last long
9: Broke my writer's block Finished the paper A. And it totally opened my eyes And my ears to really change my life So thanks for bringing me back I chilled as I was listening to it Thanks again
5: Hey Jim and Greg This is Chris from Chicago and I just want to thank you guys for doing a great show on Uncle Tupelo's No Depression. My experience with that album is unforgettable. I was picking up my brother from, from college during Thanksgiving. He went to University of Missouri. Fortunately for me, um, is the town where Uncle Tupelo played a lot of shows. And he put on the song Life Worth Living on the ride home. And I just don't think I'd ever heard anything like that before.
7: It looks like we're all looking for
6: life worth living That's why we drink ourselves asleep you know we're all looking for life worth living that's why we pray for our souls a key
5: I don't think I ever realized music could be like that or have that kind of effect on me and I'm not sure if if everyone can relate to this, but it really seriously changed my life from that moment on um, as a music listener but also just as a person and Uncle Tupelo's music, Sunvolt's music, Volko's music has been uh, a mainstay in my life uh, ever since then and I've kind of grown up with them and they've made up a large part of the soundtrack of my life. I hope you uh, turned on some listeners to Uncle Tupelo so uh, people go back and, and listen to one of the most influential bands in rock and roll history. Thanks guys.
9: Potato, I say potato, you say ever, I say abba. Let's call the whole thing off. Jim and Greg, hello, this is Sally calling from Vincent House in Germany. Enough of abba already. You guys did the sweetest show, and then you had your Valentine's show where you had them as a rock couple. They're not rock. Bring the rock! Come on, you're rock critics. Anyway, and then I listened to your Ava show, and I'm just gonna be completely honest here. Um, when I heard the songs you're playing and listened to what you're talking about, it like took everything within me to not want to smile and like sing and dance along. <laughs> I want to hate Ava, but I don't. Is my confession. No. Thanks for your show. I learned so much from you guys. Bye.
2: No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.